and we're live <laughs> we are hello everybody <laughs> welcome and welcome back to bnb anime i am blue that is brad today we are going to be discussing my hero academia season three because we've kind of forgotten about my hero for a while i mean speak for yourself i have not forgotten my hero mainly because i know season six starts up again in october yeah so therefore i'm like we gotta get on the ball mm -hmm. before season six starts that way you know we can sit here and collect on that sweet sweet clout that is my hero yeah because although my hero has one of the most toxic fan bases in the entire anime fandom my god is the show extremely popular also we love it my hero is a lot of fun it is a lot of fun. It's very nostalgic in the way that it's kind of the, oh, in the way that it's structured. I feel like I, I notice it, especially with this season, with season three, is that it doesn't, the way it's laid out isn't like how a normal season, like a two, a two core season is. Like if you compare the, the structure of the season to the structure of like ReZero, they're totally different because this feels like more like a fairy tale or a prince of tennis or something. Yeah, I mean, but this is a true shonen. Yeah. And it's like a battle shonen. So it's not yeah. like ReZero, even though I think ReZero is a shonen, technically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's psychological horror. So it's like getting back to true like shonen but with not nearly as much filler because it's much better than say dragon ball and stuff like that and that it continues mm -hmm. to build the story and it doesn't really push some stuff back yeah now granted there is some bullshit cliffhangers in there like if we weren't binging this that would be very apparent of the bullshit cliffhangers yeah. but overall like it's just very well paced and very well structured now it is not jujitsu kaisen levels of beautifully structured but it's no. right there with it. Like, it's done extremely well. Yeah, it it's just the the thing of, like, the way that the, um, the way it's, the way that it's cut off, I find very interesting in the sense that, like, you have, in, in this season specifically, there's, like, two main story parts, two arcs, right? And then the last, like, five episodes is the foundation, the structure, and the walls of the next season but it feels it's like <laughs> it cuts off like normally you would just get oh foundation laid for next season but this time it's also like foundation structure and walls you just need to furnish next season like <laughs> pretty much although it doesn't build it too awful much no like in my mind i had it like how you just said it and that it like builds a lot more foundation for season four yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same time i'm like hmm you know, this doesn't build it as much as I thought it did. Like, it introduces a lot of characters. However, if anything, I would say this is more set up for season five than anything. Mm -hmm. But was was this your first time seeing season three? I can't remember no. how much of My Hero you've actually seen. So this is the second time I've watched season three. And I did something I have never, ever done before on this podcast. Did you watch through season four as well? No, I watched it dubbed. Good for you. Right? Because the My Hero dub is amazing. Yeah. So I've always known that you've liked it because of the common voice actors from Dragon Ball. Uh-huh. But uh, I never watched the dubbed before. But because I was working on my bookmarks and stuff at the same time, and I'd already seen it, I was like, I feel like I can watch the dub. And, you know, I'm not watching it for the first time, right? So mm -hmm. I went and I watched the dubbed. And it wasn't bad. I will say that it was more cheesy, I feel like dubbed and i think that's just because of the nuances that you get when watching something in your native language so you know those and like 
I guess it, like there are moments where it was like, I'm doing this because of my feelings and all of, you know, you have those moments, like the speeches, and they just come across kind of like, like cheesy. <laughs> no, no, the, the, sh- the show itself is cheesy because it's like very stereotypical comic book-esque. So to me, I don't see it as, whether it's sub or dubbed, like I see it as cheesy. Yeah. But I don't think there's any real difference between the two. Like, I think both get across the point. Yeah, they do. In the same cheesy way. Now, I get how you would think it's not as cheesy whenever you're listening to it in a different language. Yeah. But to me, I'm still like, this is all just... It is all all like slightly cringe. (laughs) That's the thing. It is all slightly cringe. And I did get that in the sub as well. But I feel like you can kind of forgive more of the intense emotion Mm. like that people are feeling when it's not like, I don't know, maybe it feels, maybe I feel like the, I don't know, it feels more dramatized in English and I'm not sure why. Let us know if you've seen both the subbed and the dubbed, which one you felt was more dramatic and which one you felt was more cheesy or if you felt that they were kind of the same emotionally, because I definitely felt the cheese and a little bit more cringe come out with the English dub. Well, I guess for me, the thing about it is, is that I I adore the My Hero dub, mainly for uh, Sabbath, because mm. All Might will forever be Sabbath to me. Mm-hmm. And I I love the sub as well, don't get me wrong. But My Hero is that one show that I will always watch both subbed and dubbed. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm glad we have the podcast. And that's why we've gotten better about covering stuff like right after they end. Yeah. Because I know with season six, like I'm going to watch it week to week subbed. And Mm -hmm. then come time for us to cover it, I'm going to watch it all dubbed. Because one thing that My Hero has going for it that a lot of shows do not. My Hero the dubbing stays very consistent and close to the show. Like, I think the dub drops like a couple of days after the sub. Yeah. And it's the only show that actually does that. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's a, a very smart thing, not just not just because of the, the success of the show, but also because of how palatable the show is. Obviously, mm-hmm. things like Demon Slayer are just as successful, if not more successful, um, but Demon Slayer has a much more target audience in the sense that it is for adults to late teenagers. You're probably going to get some younger teenagers who are watching it, but like it's targeted at late teenagers to early adults. Whereas My Hero is targeted to more of the younger to mid-range teenagers, but still very watchable for late teenagers to early adults to anyone, really. Which, with having this this broad target audience and the fact that it's so palatable makes it more reasonable for that to be the one that is like if you're going to have one that is that is dubbed so closely this is kind of a really good experimental one for them to see about for an international audience if it's reasonable for them to keep pushing it or like having a connection with an English studio to send episodes through before they're released all of this kind of stuff for them to be able to start dubbing earlier rather than dubbing immediately you know as soon as it's released this kind of stuff because yeah I I feel like it's just a really good show for them to test the waters on that well I mean also especially for the domestic market here in the US yeah with Marvel and DC being as prominent as they are you already Mm -hmm. know a show like My Hero is going to be a huge hit at least in North America so Mm -hmm. not only that but although Demon Slayer became the cult classic that it is from a worldwide standpoint before that like the only films that you would see going into theaters and get played in most theaters instead of just select few were dragon ball 
and My Hero. Like I said, the My Hero, the second My Hero film, which I'm going to have to schedule at some point in the near future because we haven't watched that. Mm -hmm. The second film took place and it showed in pretty much every theater around here and it sold out. Mm -hmm. Like I showed up same day to watch a film and they're like, no, no, we sold out like weeks ago. And I'm like, excuse me? Like you're you're joking, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just because at the time, like this was pre-COVID. Yeah. And so it was before like anime in the U.S. like, just i guess lost its taboo in a way yeah it very much exploded over covid yeah so to whereas now it's going to become a lot more and more common to see anime films come to more and more theaters at back then like really the only theaters or the only series that they would show in multiple theaters outside of select like huge markets Mm. is my hero and dragon ball Mm -hmm. so they kind of knew what they had like kind of going forward with this and i think it was around i think right around season three whenever they started the like slightly delayed dubbing yeah and so i definitely would like to see more of that happen but i guess a lot of that's just truly going to depend on the show because i know shows like demon slayer fuck off outside i'm being important the it's just really going to depend on the audience because Demon Slayer, a lot of people shit on the dub, mm-hmm. myself included. Yeah. However, I guess it just depends on, it's really going to depend on the fan base and I guess kind of the demand for it, but mm-hmm. also how the show's licensing is going to be handled with the dub. Mm-hmm. Because I know some shows, like especially if they get licensed by Toonami for the dubbing, mm-hmm. then nobody's going to get the dub for like a year. Yeah. Like, I think Demon Slayer, the entertainment district, is just now finishing up its dub. Mm -hmm. And how long has that been over now? Six to nine months? Yeah, a long time. So it's it's odd. It's a very strange situation. But I definitely would like to see more of this kind of as it goes on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do think that there is always going to be that battle, I guess, between subs and dubs. And I feel like there's always going to be a preference towards subs. It's kind of like... I feel like it's going to be the kind of thing where it's like, uh, do you listen on vinyl or on digital? And people are always going to kind of say that vinyl is better, even if digital becomes like more used. You know what I mean? So I feel like even if they do dub to a point where everything that we're getting is released simultaneously dubbed and subbed, you're still going to get those people that always watch and sub, you know? I think a lot of that just comes down to casting as well. Yeah. Like, it's really just going to depend on the voice acting market and who, like, ultimately, as long as the right casting choices are made for the right characters, because there's a lot of shows that I'll do, like, what I did with this one, whereas I'll watch it subbed week to week, and then whenever it comes time to cover it, I'll watch the dub for one, so Mm. I can do other things just to give myself a little bit of a break, but two like i'm curious to see like how the voice acting compares from one side to the other yeah this show does a beautiful job with like who does what for where whereas other shows like demon slayer i think they made wrong casting choices for but that's just me personally yeah i can understand that and i also think that there's an element of like a casting pool like who they have around to be able to to voice anime because i think we all kind of know that cartoon dubbing and anime dubbing are different things they have a different style they have a different cadence and they sound different to the viewer so having a person who dubs 
you know, who does voice acting for radios or for cartoon or for advertisements or like um, narration, this kind of stuff. And that's kind of where our pool of, of voice actors in English are right now is the vast majority of them do things like audiobooks and stuff like that. And there isn't a large amount of voice actors that specialize in anime, right? So they're probably dealing with a very small, relatively small, in comparison to somewhere like Japan, who has already had this as an established career path for a long time. We're dealing with a, a lot smaller amount of people that have experience doing anime, that understand the the way of speaking, the cadence, the drama, the, all of this kind of stuff. And so they probably don't have a huge selection of people that, that they can work with, or at least nowhere near as a competitive selection. So they, yeah, you're not going to get people that have been dreaming of voice acting anime since they were two years old, you know? Mm-hmm. But that is more of a thing that you're going to get in Japan. So I feel like the more the anime gets popular, the more that we start seeing dubs, the more that people are going to target their career paths towards voice acting for anime, the more that we're going to start seeing it become a competitive field, and the more that we're going to get a lot of talent in the industry. Agreed. Agreed. And also the more that um, casting directors are going to know what to look for. Yeah, because, again people are definitely going to have their own unique style that they kind of bring to the booth. Mm. And with the current generation of, I guess, new and aspiring voice actors coming to the forefront, Mm -hmm. it's going to, it's definitely going to create a lot more options. And especially with new directors and whatnot coming on the scene, like especially with what Makoto Shinkai did with Weathering With You, Mm -hmm. ensuring that new voice actors are getting brought to the forefront. Yeah. Because they, he wanted new leads for the sub and the dub of Weathering With You. Yeah. He didn't want, like, old established names. Like, he wanted to bring in new blood just to kind of create, like, an air of newness coming to it. Mm-hmm. So especially if we see a lot of that going forward. Yeah. Then I kind of look forward to seeing how it goes and if the English dubbing process continues to grow with it and get better. Yeah. But all of this coming from two nerds that just want to be voice actors. That is true. That is true. (laughs) And we jumped right into the discussion today. We didn't even go on about our own selves. So we need to scratch our narcissism itch. Mm, You can scratch your narcissism. Fuck. (laughs) You do your thing. I don't have anything important to talk about this week. I'm tired. You don't have anything to talk about? No updates? No, I got manga. That's it. Tell us about your new Etsy shop. Oh, okay. Let's I can get do that. the plug started early. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, you guys know that I'm in art school. You guys know that I paint. Um, so I have decided to open a little Etsy shop where I am currently selling bookmarks. They're all hand painted. None of them are prints. Each one is painted. And yeah, it's it's currently on Etsy. Uh, Blue Lavender Crafts. Lavender spelt L-A-V-A-N-D-E-R. And yeah, it's just bookmarks right now. Eventually, I would like to get uh, a bunch of different other kinds of stationery, like cards and, and all that kinds of stuff. But yeah, um, just bookmarks. And I have a custom option. So if you want a specific custom bookmark painted, I can do that for you. I don't have any anime themed ones uploaded currently so i don't have any like references of stuff i can do i have painted some anime stuff before but um haven't done it in a while but yeah if you're interested in that check it out i forgot to put in my custom order you need to i need to do that (laughs) but uh you know live on air can you guess what it's going to be 
Uh, is it going to be Anya? No. No. Is it going to be your late April? No. Is it going to be All Might? No. Then I don't know. I was going to get you to do like a Sakura <gasps> type setup across all of it. I can do that. Yeah, I figured it'd be cool and also kind of slightly simple or at least easy on the color palette anyway, because it's just brown, lavender, and pink. Yep, I could do Sakura. But yeah, that was uh, that's pretty much where I was at. I was like, I just want, you know, Sakura trees. I can do that for sure. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. So also feel free to use that as a reference on your website. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Yeah. Hey. And yeah, so that's what I've been working on this week. Just, uh, yeah, just that. And also, I have a horror story. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh two okay. things, actually. I was going to start, start with one, but it, that just triggered me to remember another one. First one, uh, when I was staying with my parents, a spider crawled its way into my apartment and made itself home. And I'm not terrified of spiders. Like, they give me the heebie-jeebies, but, like, I can deal with them. Like, they're fine. I don't like them particularly, and I don't really like them in my space. But, like, if somebody had a pet tarantula, I would think it would be cool, and I would want to hold it, but I would kind of freak out a little. You know? That's <laughs> that's my level of spiders. But I really especially do not like the ones with the teeny tiny bodies and the very long legs. And, of course, that's the one that snuck into my apartment. And it's pretty big. I would say it's it's not an Australian-sized spider, but it's a decent-sized spider. And we don't get big spiders in Alberta because normally it's too cold. So we tend to get money spiders, and that's a, about as big as we get. Very, very small spiders. And so I'm dealing with different climate spiders now, which is harder. Uh, but yeah, so it's a big spider. I'd say if its legs... Yeah, including its legs, it's probably about the size of like a golf ball you know not like like with that's with its legs bent you know so if you were to like flatten it out it would probably be about the size of the palm of your hand does that make sense is it just a long leg i don't know i don't know spiders sure maybe is it like a grain of rice sized body but with long legs a little bit bigger than a grain of rice but yeah pretty much those things are harmless i know they are but it freaks me out anyway i've been keeping an eye on it I've been keeping an eye on it for the past few days, and I have a tin that I've been trying to capture it with, with like a, a piece of cardboard. Uh huh. So I'll like put the tin over it, and I'll put the cardboard, slide the cardboard underneath, and I'll go outside and I'll shake it, and then I come back in again, and I'm like, okay, I definitely got it this time, and it runs away every single time. Why would you check it? Because I'm freaked out by it. Just, just take it outside, and then quote unquote check it. To let it go. I know, but it freaks me out. I don't like it. And I, I'm always scared that it's going to run towards me, which I know is so irrational because that spider is terrified of me. I know that. But I'm still scared that instead of running away from me, it's going to run towards me, which is dumb. It won't do that. But I'm still scared that it's going to. And anyway, today... Yesterday I disturbed it because I went to go, it's in my bathroom, and yesterday I disturbed it because I went and cleaned my bathtub, and so I was using chemicals, and you know, obviously it was very strong smelling, and, and, uh, and I guess I just, I was moving the shower curtain a lot, and I disturbed it, and it ran away. And I woke up this morning, and I went to go check for it in my bathroom, and it wasn't beside the toilet where it normally hangs out, and it's gone, and I don't know where it is, and I can't find it anymore. It's in the bedroom. It's in my bedroom. Luckily, my bedroom is on the ceiling, considering I have a loft bed. So, you know. Well, it's just going to stay up there and keep you company. Well. I'm making matters worse, aren't you I? You are. <laughs> it, yeah, anyway. The second thing was that I think I nearly got recruited by a cult leader this week. 
okay interesting interesting <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm all down to hear about this yeah so me and a good friend from school we went to go have dinner together to catch up because obviously i've been at my parents for a month we haven't seen each other since before i left so we went to go have dinner and catch up we went and got italian food it was really nice we went to a new place that we'd never been before and we had a good time and then we went for a walk after dinner when we were walking we came across this guy who had a volkswagen van which looked exactly like my parents van so I was like ah my parents have the same van as you and I was like what year is it and so we started talking and it was one year um newer than my parents van so it had like water-cooled engine I think instead of air-cooled I don't know I can't remember what he said the difference was but like there was a different minor difference and anyway and but even the color was the same it was like very like oh my god interesting same van and so we started talking and uh, and then he started talking about the fact that he is Buddhist and uh, he was like really into spiritualism and all this kind of stuff. And it was just fascinating conversation. So we were just standing there talking to him for a while. And then he started he started talking about the fact that he has bought land in France and he is getting all of the people that he has been helping with his Buddhism and I don't, I, I want to clarify it out there. I don't think that all Buddhists are like this. I specifically think he was kind of sketch. Um, <laughs> just, just clarifying. This man specifically was sketch. And so he was talking, he was talking about all these different kinds of people that he had helped. And he started doing this thing where he would go through his contacts and he would play voice memos that he had gotten from other people that he had helped. So like he had this one of this man who had, been having trouble sleeping and then he like removed a bad energy object from his life or something and now this man could sleep and this man had left him a message on his phone to be like thank you so much for helping me sleep you're a lifesaver like all this kind of stuff and he did this several times of like playing messages of look at all these people I've helped and we could not get a word in edgewise I'm a very chatty person I interrupt people I know I do I try not to but I do it anyways I'm a very talkative kind of person I could not get a word in edgewise we were trying to leave for so long we were trying to get out but he would not stop talking and so we're doing that awkward thing and we're like uh-huh but I have to uh uh-huh but can I uh, uh-huh I I need to and we just couldn't not a word could not say a word and um and so we're standing there awkwardly listening to him talking and he's explaining more and more and more and the conversation was fascinating what he was talking about was very fascinating so different from anything that I like know about in my life he was talking about all of the places he traveled to everywhere he's been or like the fact that his family line is the last line to have all of this Buddhist like like writings and stuff and this stuff that he lives by and this script and everything and and it was very fascinating conversation but he just would not stop talking and then so he starts talking about this land that he's bought in France and how he's going to gather everyone that he has helped and bring them to this place in France and have all of these life um, lesson teachings and happen in this area in France and I'm just alarm bells are going off in my head I'm like he's going to build a compound like this is this is a cult leader like this is and he's talking about how all of these people like worship him and all this kind of stuff and then he's going but I never do this for money I never 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 do this for money this uh this is something that I do to help people because uh because of karma because of of you know good goes back up like back and forth we you put out good you get good back all this kind of stuff and then I was like oh so how are you funding this place in France and he's like um oh I'm a landlord (laughs) 
So he's talking about all these people. He's still playing all these audio messages. And then he's talking about his girlfriend. He's got a girlfriend. And he was talking about how him and his girlfriend got together. And he's like 50 something. And he says, my 28 year old girlfriend that I've been together with for eight years. Meaning that he was like 42, 43 with a 20 year old who I I don't know. Like I'm fine with age gap relationships, but the circumstances around that relationship plus the age gap was very sketch and it was like uh she had all of these like anxieties and depression and everything before she met me and then i taught her how to meditate and now she's fine it was so it was so scary and he was saying because um my friend she has ocd so he was talking to her and he was like if you meditate it'll cure your ocd and i was like i was like you better not tell me to meditate to cure my adhd because i promise you i do not have the concentration span to do that (laughs) How, how do one meditate Plus hyperactive. Yes, that works. (laughs) Anyway, it was the most sketch situation. Um, So eventually I just was like, I'm sorry, but um, my friend has to work early in the morning, which she did. That was true. My friend has to work early in the morning. We need to leave. And so I was like, I just eventually just stood up and I was like, no, I'm going to stop you talking right now. Like, shush. Um, and, And so I had to end up being quite rude in the end to get us out because, yeah, he was just not letting us go but i was like i completely understand if the, if he truly is a cult leader which i very strongly suspect that he is or about to be i completely understand how people get wrapped into that because he the things that he were talking about sounded so magical like i can get rid of all of your life problems by just meditating and following this one script that only my family has and i'm the last person to be able to read this mystical writing follow me and to my compound in france i'll take you to travel all over the world like all this kinds of stuff and then he wouldn't stop talking and so you can't rebut anything he's saying you can't have a com- there's no conversation there it's a lecture you know so yeah, if- i don't like people like that yeah so if you disagree with anything he's saying you forget what it was that you disagreed with because he's already on to the next subject by the time you formulated your thought look here all you poor peasants i'm going to start a cult called the cult of weeb <laughs> But yeah, anyway, we got out and uh, and he gave us his Instagram handle, but we didn't follow him. So, but like, yeah, please be aware that there are people out there who are cult leaders. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And I, I, one, funnily enough, I watched a documentary about cult leaders um, a little while ago. And one thing that they said on there was, if you think that you would never be brought into a cult, that is when you are most likely to be brought into a cult because you are so confident in your own thinking that you, like, you ignore it because of your pride, you know? I mean, okay, I will flat out state here that I will never be recruited into a cult. And you're right. My pride is so much so to the fact <laughs> That no cult will ever recruit me. I think it's one of those things of, are you antisocial enough to never be recruited? Because if you are, good on you. <laughs> so are we. I mean, I'm also antisocial enough to not be recruited. <laughs> You're just never going to meet a cult leader because you don't leave your room. Like, that's fine. Well, I mean, um, there were people coming around the, like, back whenever I lived in Georgia, there were people going door to door. They weren't Mormons, but they were some sort of religious sect. Yeah. That were like going and trying to recruit people to where literally whenever they tried to knock on my door and get me, I just went, shut the door. Yeah. That's, that's just me though. You, you, you do you like, but 
if you can, freak out the people right back. <laughs> my my brother always calls to sacrifice a goat whenever that happens. He goes, oh, you're just in time for the goat sacrifice. <laughs> Open the door looking uh, <laughs> just covered in ketchup and just being like, oh, you're just in time. <laughs> just in time. Yeah, my, my uncle, he invites them in and sits them down and just debates with them until they leave. Um, he loves it. He thinks it's the most entertaining thing. One could also, whenever they knock on your door, just knock back. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Somebody's going to try that. If that happens to you, try it. Knock back and see what happens. Yeah, let us know in the comments or DMs or somewhere because <laughs> I want to know the outcome that. of this situation. <laughs> uh... But anyway, those are things that happened to me this week. So shall we shall we get into the nitty gritty of why we came here this yes, week? Yes, 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 because we have a lot to talk about. It's a long season. Yep, long season, lot to talk about, short amount of time. Yes. Because I overcommitted to shit this week. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Big whoops. All right. So uh, I got background mm -hmm. here somewhere. Um, Studio Bones, obviously. Mm -hmm. Behind this one, we got a new director. We got Tomo Okubo. Mm -hmm. for season three mm -hmm. 25 episodes began airing april 7th mm -hmm. of 2018 through september 29th of 2018 for a total of 25 episodes yes it's a shonen obviously running through the weekly shonen jump the manga has a grand total of 34 volumes to date and slowly growing yeah, and for me, I have it being a PG-13, which is consistent with everything else, with yep. the rest of the series. Um, and on my anime list, it is an 8.09 out of 10. On Anime Planet, it is a 4.38 out of 5, or an 8.76 out of 10. And it has a drop rate of 0.76%, which is very good. But also, please consider that it is a third season. And therefore, the drop rate is going to be lower than any first season because of the fact that it's already eliminated the people that just aren't into su superheroes. It's already eliminated the people that don't like the characters, all that kind of stuff. So if they don't already like the season, the series, then they're obviously not going to continue watching it. So is on par, is still very good, though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What was that drop rate on season one? Oh, season one was a 1.5, and then season two was a 0 0.64. Yeah, so it has a slightly higher drop rate than than season two, but not a crazy amount higher. So I wonder if, because of the current trend, I wonder if season two of Jujutsu Kaisen is going to have a 0% drop rate. It should do. <laughs> according to <laughs> according to current trend. Yeah, it should have 0. 0.00. Oh, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Um, it'll be our first 0, 0.00 if that happens. That would be nice. Mm. Nothing would ever break that streak. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to see what... Because right now, it does have our best drop rate. Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen's first season drop rate was a 0 0.91. So for the second season, it should be, I don't know, 0 0.02 or something. Ah, uh, 02. I missed the first 15 episodes of Darling in the Bronx. <laughs> I love how we classify that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. the rest of the show can go to hell just the first 15 episodes <laughs> yeah so my hero academia season three yeah so the third season of my hero is pretty much broke up into three different sections yeah 
you've got the forest training arc, mm-hmm. you've got the final exam arc, and the provisional licensing arc. Yeah. Like, they're all just kind of intertwined. Yeah. But that is pretty much your entirety of the third season. With yeah. A, oh my god, we big things happen this season. They do. So, chicken I hats? guess... We haven't put uh, chicken hats on. So, before we, before we get into chicken hats, general overall story up to this point... Whiny boy gets Quirk. Yeah. He go to school. Yeah. He figure out how to use Quirk. Second season, he finally learned how to use Quirk without breaking himself. Mostly, yeah. Kind of. Sports festival, he still broke himself. Yeah. Which, go watch the sports festival arc. It's amazing. Yeah. But season three, pick up literally right where season two end off. But it starts with beach episode. So, spoiler chicken hats on. Yes. Beach episode isn't actually on a beach. It's in a school pool. But that's fine. Um, it's close enough. Every show needs a beach episode or a pool episode or some sort of shit. The only thing this was missing was fireworks. And actual bikinis, because the girls were in their school uniforms. Yep. Although we did get them in imagination bikinis, but we didn't get actualization bikinis. Nope. But yes, uh, so this starts off with them being on, is it summer break? Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're on summer break, and then the reason why they then end up going to the forest for the training arc is because they are trying to increase these guys, speed them up, get them good, healthy, and superhero-y way faster because of the fact that they're trying to rush them through school, basically. But in a shonen, does any training camp arc ever go correctly? No, it doesn't. And it doesn't even in a sports anime either. Nope. So, what happens? And <laughs> why does this training arc go batshit sideways oh i don't know maybe because uh there are villains this is the first part of the story where you start to get inklings that there is a traitor amongst the mists somewhere at ua yes and mainly the reason why now is because the training arc or the location for the force training camp was only known by a group of superheroes called the pussycats Mm -hmm. and Aizawa, the principal, and then subsequently the students, but the students didn't find out until after the fact. Yes, yeah. So it was um, kept between faculty at the school and then a very small group of people. And obviously it wouldn't have been the Pussycats because they themselves were in danger during the big kerfuffle, shall we call it. So yeah, main plot line of the training arc is a bunch of kids in a forest, a bunch of villains trying to kidnap Bakugo. However, at the same time, we also have a side story of Kota, who is an orphan boy who hates heroes because his parents were heroes and they were killed in a villain attack and he feels like they abandoned him to go help other people when they should have just been parents, which is very reasonable, understandable feelings for a young boy, for anyone to have um, while grieving, all that kind of stuff. So then there's that side story of him and uh, Midoriya trying to work shit out between them and then obviously also Bakugo getting kidnapped yeah this is where also Midoriya does the thing of I'm gonna use it at a hundred percent no a hundred percent didn't work I'm gonna use it at a million percent which I watched this whenever this was airing week to week the moment I saw that I got so fucking hyped that was so good it's a real it's over 9,000 kind of moment it it really was, but my god, it's just it's so hype. Yeah. It's so hype. Yeah. Like I remember the first time I watched that, like I popped over it. I was like, Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
and Kota as well, like having a whole character development arc with his feelings and stuff when he's only in like five episodes and also becoming best boy of this season and then best boy of any other season that he's in. One thing the writer for My Hero does better than almost any other writer for anime manga period is every single side character matters. Yeah. Like no character is wasted. No character is thrown in just to fill empty space no like they all have a purpose or will continue to have a purpose yeah and go ahead oh well i should say i think it's something that we actually commented on before about um specifically i think we were talking about the animation and how this anime in particular has so much cool character design in all of the background characters and all the side characters and stuff they're fully fleshed out characters even if they're literally only in a shot for a half a second in the background and it's insane because they all have quirks right so a lot of these like background people are designed to look like not fully human because of their quirks Mm -hmm. yes it's really cool it is very cool also i mean even the villains that attacked here yeah like none of them were wasted all of them made sense it was cool to get introduced to a lot of these characters because we got introduced to a lot of reoccurring villains for what's going to take place throughout the rest of the series Mm. and dobby toga twice and stuff like that yeah so it was cool to get introduced to a lot of them and also see like how different quirk dynamics work in hero versus villain fights and how everybody kind of has to overcome adversity. Yeah, well, we got a really, really cool backstory on Twice specifically. Oh my gosh, yes, I love that. Mm. You get one more Twice background or like building, character building mm-hmm. uh, episode for Twice. I believe it's in season five. Mm-hmm. But because of that, like, Rewatching this because i didn't pay attention to it that much the first time watching this through mm-hmm. but after having seen the latest uh episode for twice in season five actually being able to rewatch this one i was like oh my god like i appreciate this so much more yeah well it's very it's very fascinating and you completely empathize with how he became a villain with this with this storyline so what we see in this season is that his quirk is that he is able to make clones of himself but he they the clones don't disappear unless they are damaged right so we can't they're not like on a timer it's not like shadow clones you know mm-hmm. yeah so he makes a bunch of them and originally he just like orders them around to do all this like cleaning cooking all that kinds of stuff but then they end up teaming up against him trying to kill him and and then they fight amongst each other and then at the end of it there's only one left and this one left doesn't know if he's the original or a clone and it's like it's complete horror oh 100 percent. like that would drive anybody mad especially since because the fact that he doesn't know yeah. if he actually is himself or not he would also be afraid to damage himself and that he doesn't want to disappear on the off chance that he does take any damage yeah yeah although can can we just talk about how out of any of the quirks that you would want his is probably the one that i would want to have clones of yourself think about it you could do so much stuff send one to work that way you can stay home and play video games yeah but that i know i wouldn't i wouldn't want that i i no i i yeah but think about it all you'd have to do is just get rid of the clone and then you can go back to work whenever you feel like it it's a free-for-all to do pretty much anything and everything you would want no i would want 
maybe like time skip or something to just get get rid of that time to just be like Ugh, no I don't want to or like uh telepathy where you can like manipulate somebody's mind as opposed to just read it and then I can be like no I did come into work today hypnosis that's what I don't want <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say you wanted to be Anya for a minute I mean honestly though but she can only read minds as far as I have known because well, that's why whenever you said telepathy I was like oh Anya I want to watch more spy family yeah so update for the spy family thing I have recorded the episode for first impressions Friday however if you saw on the Twitter you would know I had struggles uh basically the editing software that I use for videos just it updated and it will not launch I have uninstalled it I have reinstalled it I have done everything under the sun to try and make it work but I cannot and I just got really really frustrated and needed to walk away and take a break so I'm going to try and fix it this week and I will try and get it out this Friday but yeah uh, it is recorded, it just needs to be edited and uploaded. But the sound is edited, the audio is edited, I could release it, it's just an audio episode, but I wanted to put it on the YouTube, so I was going to make a video to go with it, and um, yeah, <laughs> struggles. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will. But it is recorded, it's just not up. So stay tuned. Yeah. But yeah, so Bakugo gets kidnapped. He does. And then we get the, I guess like this is kind of the most pivotal moment throughout the season because it kind of triggers the rest of the events. Yeah, like the the all for one arc essentially sets up everything else for the show going forward. Yeah, yeah. Because the pretty much everybody in class 1A feels defeated because they're one of their classmates got kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Deku absolutely fucked up his arms to the point to where the doctor told him that if you hurt yourself one or two more times, you'll never be able to use your arms again. So this kind of sets up like how he has to fight going forward. Mm -hmm. But then also they mount a rescue operation separately from the heroes to go try to get Bakugo back. Mm -hmm. And this is just where everything, nothing will ever be the same going forward yeah. after this arc. Yes, 100%. So throughout this, we also get some... Really cute little episodes of just, um, I guess you could call them like um, filler episodes, but I wouldn't necessarily because to me, there is still a lot of character dynamics and confirmation of character growth. Specifically, you'll see that in Ida and Sue, where you get to see them, like Ida, you get to see him fully understanding and acting upon the growth that he had in season two. And then with Sue, you get to see more of an insight into her own brain and how she's feeling. And also we get some... Oh, what's her name? My brain is just gone. Uraraka. Uh, Uraraka. Ura... Ura... Like, what? Uraraka? <laughs> Thank you. Okacho. I'm just going to go... Ochako. My... My... Ochako. Oh, uh, what? Ochako. Uraraka. You think I would know this? You think? Well, I do know this. My brain, my mouth, I'm malfunctioning. Can can you do uravity? No, probably not. I can't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> Ochako, uraraka, uraraka. What's going on with me today? What is actually happening? I uraraka. I'm here for all of it. She uh, had some. I I don't know whether we can necessarily call it character growth, but we can say that she had some definite realization of her own emotions throughout this time period, um, which I know is very controversial within the fandom. Um, she is a what I would consider to be a Marmite character. You either love her or you hate her. Yeah, shit happens with her during this. 
it, it it's like she realized that she's starting to have feelings for Deku, whether she wants to or not. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of cute. I think that there is definitely a puppy love element to it, but I think that's very much an adult perspective looking on a teenage romance. You know, it feels very sweet and innocent. Uh, but I can absolutely understand how if you ship Deku with like anybody else, then that is. <laughs> not fun and i can also understand how he is very shippable with other characters because the 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 enemies to lovers trope that he has with like everybody is very popular in romance stories and in in shipping culture like the mm. drary fan fiction and stuff that was like huge back in the harry potter days i remember that being everywhere it was not my shtick but i remember it being all over the place also, throwback to anyone who re- uh, who was around and read Harry Potter fanfiction way back in the day. But does anybody remember Drapple, Draco, and the Apple? <laughs> that was like joked about for the longest time on like Tumblr and stuff, like back what in twenty twelve. What the hell? Like you say? I'm, okay, so you know, in Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, Draco is trying to get the in he's in the room of requirements so he's trying to get the cabinet is it just a cabinet of curiosities i can't remember what it is but like the 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 teleportation cabinet to work so that he can get the death eaters into the into hogwarts right uh-huh so he's trying to fix the cabinet and so he's putting like apples in and the bird in you remember uh-huh well that apple that he put in for some reason People started shipping him with on Tumblr, like back in 2010, 2012, I don't even know when, but like back in the day, people started shipping him with the apple and it was his fan fiction name, the the ship name was Drapple. I'm, what kind of boomer shit? Honestly, it was hilarious. It was a great time to be on the internet. No, no, (laughs) I disagree. It was so funny. It was so I, funny. I'm so glad I stayed away from that side of Tumblr. No. <laughs> I think that was probably teenage girl Tumblr. That was for the girls and the gays, but it was a good time. <laughs> um, Yeah. Anyways, so if you ship Deku with pretty much anybody else, then this is like horror. But um, I think it's very cute. I think it's very puppy love. I enjoy it. And it's very one-sided because Deku is just all about power. Like he doesn't give a shit about anything else. He's just like superhero all might. I love. Yeah, I mean, but really the only person he just really gets squirmy with is Uraka though. That's that's no, no, yes and no. He does get like, blushy he gets... with any girl. He's very overwhelmed with feminine energy. But Uraka specifically, it's like over the top to where you know like there's some like Deku doesn't have nearly as much feelings, but that's, again, it's like you said, he's too focused on being the next All Might. Yeah. But it's definitely much, much worse with Uraka than anyone else. Yeah, I think that's, I think, I I say that's fair. Okay. So do we, do we talk about one of the best fights in the entire show? We do. Let's talk about it. Take it away. So Bakugo gets kidnapped. Deku, Kirishima, Ida, Yayorozu, and Todoroki mm-hmm. all go after him in an attempt to try to recover him. Come to find out, they're at a Nomo factory. Bakugo, not actually there. However, Bakugo ends up getting teleported there by the big bad of our series. Yes. 
So all for one finally makes his appearance, blows a massive hole in best genus. Still not sure whether he's alive or not. I can't remember. Yes. But homeboy got fucked up. He did. Mount Lady got fucked up. Yeah. Pretty much any hero that was there on scene got fucked up. But Shikaraki, Bakugo, uh, Toga, pretty much all the rest of the League of Villains get teleported there by all for one. They try to get out of there. All Might shows up and is like, all right, time to fight. We do this. Yeah. League of Villains leave. Bakugo gets saved by Deku and everyone else. He doesn't get saved. He takes his first opportunity to leave, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was his best convenient exit for getting out of there. Yeah, 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 that's that's exactly what it was. (laughs) And then All Might and All for One have the faded showdown that we all knew would happen at some point during the show. Mm -hmm. And my God, just one of the best voice acted scenes in all of shonen anime yes yeah because oh so good and very very interesting things happen throughout this time as well we also get the exposure of all Might's secret and the fact that he is not constantly buff we get crowd response to that all throughout this time we've had a very interesting and quite topical conversation on excuse me on um media how media represents heroes, um, how the media has been turning the tide and manipulating the public into thinking that heroes are all bad, all those kinds of stuff. And then, um, uh, and because specifically uh, around the Academy um, UA, like like what's been going on with them, they also move into the dorms at this time. We didn't actually mention that, but they have moved into the dorms. And like the bad reputation and everything has been kind of destroying heroes in general. And um, and so the public is looking at this as heroes are bad, except for All Might. All Might is amazing. He's the only one that does anything. He's the only good hero. And then they're seeing All Might isn't who he says he is in the sense that like he has this secret that he's like not like always buff. And then we also then get to see the result of the big fight and the way that that changes the tide and then the fact eventually that All Might does retire. But also... United States of Smash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally, the biggest Smash ever seen in the My Hero verse to this point. Mm-hmm. And you just get to watch the big bad of the whole series get absolutely fucked up. Yeah. Although slightly disappointed he didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean ugh. But you know. Just just because I felt like at that point, like whenever All Might's like, Alright, I'm actually going to put you to bed. Yeah. And then he didn't, and I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also during this time, he then points at the camera and he says, it's your turn now. And the public took that as villains, but Deku obviously understood that that meant it's time for him to step up. Uh, which takes us to the next arc. Which is the provisional licensing exam arc. Yeah, so basically which... the same thing as earlier in the sense that they have to step up their game and get shit faster because now their hero of their pillar of truth i can't remember what it is the pillar the symbol of peace thank you (laughs) (laughs) essentially all might is retired so now crime rates are spiking all over the map so they want to get as many heroes on the streets as possible although without changing the 
provisional licensing exam too much. However, they changed it from it being like an individual exam to where they actually focus on teamwork and rescuing and stuff like that for this go around. Mm -hmm. But also a lot of balls. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know what I said. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where we, yeah, we just get some, some interesting uh, new characters, we get new schools, we learn about the um, uh, quite a few new like up-and-coming heroes, and we also do see a very slight return of villains throughout this arc, but it is way more subtle in the sense that most of this is just about the teenagers doing teenager shit. Yeah, the biggest introduction that you get in this is the introduction of Overhaul, which is the big bad for season four. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that whenever we cover it, because for right now, everybody passes, but Bakugo and Todoroki. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So um, there's two rounds to this provisional test, and the first round is just collecting the balls and to turning the lights on tagging people Tag- with the balls yeah that's it and then the second round is an actual simulated rescue mission which Todoroki kind of gets wrapped up with another student from a different school who's obsessed with Endeavor his father and that brings back memories for Todoroki and he's still not quite over it which is very reasonable and another reason why I really like Todoroki as a character because real people don't get over shit in one go you know we know and Todoroki is a really good example of that yeah. but also the rest of the Endeavor family that we'll get introduced to later yeah shit is gonna be very very interesting I honestly I can't wait to hear your thoughts on stuff like that yes. whenever we actually get yeah, to yeah, it yeah, yeah because there's there's some stuff that I've had spoiled for me to where I'm just like fuck mm. that's deep yeah all right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's a very um intense situation his home life is very intense and yeah, so the fact that this is still going to be a thing for him, I feel like, honestly, this uh, Todoroki's home life being a thing, I could see that affecting him throughout the rest of the entire show. Like, I could see this being into, like, I don't know, season 12 or whatever, and it's still affecting Todoroki. And I feel like that's very realistic. And I wouldn't get bored of that being part of his character because it's very reasonable for someone who had such an intense childhood to still have issues with it as an adult, you know? So I well fear not yeah. because it continues through season five. Yes, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like those are the kinds of things that I really like about a character, and it reminds me of in freaking Avatar: The Last Airbender, Prince Zuko. Mm. Yeah, and I I really I think those. Well, I mean they have a lot in common in the the face burn from the situation, you know. Uh-huh. But yep. I also really like how both of them are fantastic in the sense of they're good. They do good things, but they're not perfect people, and they have to. Mm. They are real, like villain to hero. Their villain to hero arcs are amazingly well established and very well done. I th- and they know that they have to grow. Yes, like they know they have to learn and grow to become better people. And you see a lot of that in Todoroki this go around, where he learns like, hey, like I was an asshole. Yeah. So I promise I'm going to do better. Yeah. And it's not a smooth transition for either of them. They they ebb and they flow. And that's reasonable of how people actually are, which I think is why people love them as characters. Both of them are really, really, really loved as characters. And I think it's because there's a real human element to them. Unlike with someone like Deku, who is kind of like his faults. He does have faults, but like he's so determined with his his goodness that he doesn't seem quite as relatable 
Like, you really like him. He's an amazing character, but he's not you as a character. Whereas Todoroki feels more human. Yeah. Okay. So then, and Bakugo just needs to work on his temper because he's rude. And dorm life. Yeah. We get a tour of each other's places. I think that actually happened beforehand. Was it before or this time? I don't remember. Uh, It was, it might've been like right before this, but it was literally right before this yeah. and then you get to see some of the most beautifully animated sakuga that i've ever seen whenever deku and bakugo come to blows for the second time yes yeah um and this is a very emotional battle oh i, I kind of get a little teary-eyed during this not not gonna lie because you feel the emotion coming out especially whenever you see bakugo break yeah for a minute and he's like look i'm the reason that all might lost his power like i'm i'm the one who's weak and but he also blames deku for a lot of it because it's like you obviously got your power from all might yeah so what did you do that i haven't done and it's just it's a huge character moment and it's at that point where deku's like fuck it he needs to get it out all right i'll actually fight you yeah so it's it's a real display of insecurity from someone who up until this point We've like you can tell that he's insecure in the sense that he is always so aggressive that there's a clear wall there. But I also feel like it's the kind of thing where if you're not an adult, you could just not like him. You know, like if you don't have that life experience to be like, ah, you know, I can tell that he's doing that to protect himself. Then up until this point, you could genuinely feel like he's just an asshole, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things to where I agree. If you're not an adult, so you don't like understand like the inner workings of emotions, and especially the subtle things to where even up to this point, you can tell Bakugo isn't all that bad. No. He's just kind of overcompensating for his lack of, I guess, like sociability. Yeah. Or like his, you know, want to be the best. Like he just over exaggerates everything and like takes it out on people Mm -hmm. but you can tell like he means well with a lot of his actions like don't pay attention to any of his words but his actions actually reflect like him wanting to grow and be better but you actually get to hear like what's going on inside of his head with this yeah it was it's the first time that we've truly seen him allow himself to be vulnerable uh unfortunately it took up until this point for that to happen it wasn't a Uh, It wasn't him, I think that's why it's so emotional, is because it wasn't him offering his emotions, it was him becoming so overwhelmed, his emotions exploded. Yep. Which is obviously not what we want to see, but it is for the fact that it's juicy content, but like... I mean, it's just, it's growth, in a way. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, is all that we care about as entertainment consumers is growth. Yeah. Because growth, at least for me, is the most important development that any character can have in any form of media. Mm -hmm. Because it just makes you care more about that person. So getting that growth here and actually seeing that side of Bakugo, it gives you a deeper appreciation of his character. And going forward, it kind of, it continues to grow the dynamic a little bit. Yeah, well, All Might says here that they've become true rivals at this point. And I do feel like that is true this is kind of uh the establishing factor because for between the first two seasons bakugo is kind of the initial rival and then you get other temporary rivals in and then you get todoroki as another stable rival and then this is kind of like reaffirming no bakugo is the rival in like like todoroki is definitely there he is a rival but he's also dealing with his own shit so much 
that he's not in with these guys he's kind of alongside them whereas these two are completely opposite each other and it kind of because going after this you get introduced to the current big three of ua but the conversation that we're currently have kind of brings me to the point of like you can 100 percent tell without a shadow of a doubt like once uh miro or Mirio Sun Eater and the uh, chick whose name I can't remember, they graduate at the end of this year. Yeah. Like you 100% can tell that Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki are all going to be the big three because that's like the three main focal points of the show. And that's obviously the three who get the most growth out of it. Mm-hmm. However, like they're guaranteed to be like the big three going forward as far as like hero society as well. Yes yeah so yeah it's it's bakaka is also kind of like the 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 wrench thrown in the mix because of course obviously Todoroki's endeavor son and then all my all might chose deku right so so bakugo is like the wrench he's like the, the random which is an interesting dynamic dynamic because yes. yeah he's not he doesn't have a mentor in the same sense not that Todoroki's endeavor was exactly a mentor but you know what i mean like um yeah and then obviously we get set up for the next season so we get them saying um hey you're gonna do work placements placements (laughs) and um uh yeah so we're bringing in some uh the best the top three students from the school to tell you about their life in work placements and um hero work studies sorry we get a introduction to the number one kid in the school and that whole situation is very interesting with him in the next season but um is it the next season or season five i can't remember but we also learn more about how quirks like it's just reaffirmed that quirks are what you make of them and 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 it was a very like inspiring moment for deco and the rest of the classmates to work harder on their own quirks we also get them making their first special moves is it called special moves i can't remember like yes or their ultimate moves ultimate moves are established during this and we also get reintroduced to what's her face who makes all the gadgets oh yeah i can't remember name but it's the pink-haired girl Mm -hmm. with the goggles that likes to (laughs) give people the wrong shit that they don't need yes yeah um and she is one of those characters that i think are She's kind of like an Edna, Edna mode, you know, like you can't have a superhero mm-hmm. without one of these guys who works no on capes. the back end. Yeah. Yeah. No capes. No capes. Although I I adore the fact that we got introduced to the big three here because they pay a pivotal part in season four. Yes. But also Mirio is just a fabulous character. Like I love that dude to no end. Mm-hmm. So actually getting to get introduced to him. Yes. Or reintroduced, rather, for those of us that have already seen it. It was great. Yeah. It was fun. Tintin. Dude's a hilarious character. Also, did I ever send you the Old Spice meme for Mirio? No. Um. So you can cut out this bit if you want, but I want you to just watch that really quick. It's like 40 seconds, and I want to hear you die of laughter. <laughs> so to those that don't know, you can search this on YouTube. Right now, just look up Old Spice, My Hero, Mirio, and... um. You get to watch Mirio become an Old Spice commercial. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. The friggin' pecs. Is that not brilliant? Oh, God. He reminds me of Tintin. Who? Tintin. 
It's a um uh, old comic book, an old cartoon from way, way, oh, way back in the day. Oh, I know who you're. T- okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get where you're coming from Oops. now. Okay, but like, okay, but tell me, he's not Tintin. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I can one hundred percent see that. Right, he's Tintin. But also power. <laughs> but every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Tintin. Like the <laughs> eyes, even the eyes are the same. Like they must have been inspired by Tintin because the eyes on the hair, like yeah, yeah, he's Tintin. Yeah, that's that's season three. Okay. Yeah. So what do you what do you give it? Um, I'm curious about what I get. Okay, I'm not gonna look. I'm just gonna rate on my. I actually don't think we have it on the spreadsheet. So okay, pay brilliant. pay no attention to that. Pay no attention. I, to I haven't listened. I haven't listened back that far, yeah. so I, I haven't filled it in, and nobody wants to take me up on my I will give you money <laughs> if you'll just fucking listen to it, and people refuse. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to rate it. Um, I really like the dumb little filler episodes. I thought they were really cute. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the story was great. The pacing was good. The fight scenes were awesome. It's cringe, but it's supposed to be. Um, uh-huh. It's so rewatchable. I'm like 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 an eight point five, like a nine. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm also sitting at a nine. Like everything about this was great. Yeah, the first OP was far better than the second. Agreed. I will say that. Although I liked the second ED. Yeah, the second ED was good. The first, the first ED and the second OP are definitely the lackluster ones of the bunch. Yeah, the the not not that I hate the second OP. No, but just. Odd Future is just such it's a so sick good. OP. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and the the second uh, ED is a sneak attack. Like the first couple times I listened to it, I wasn't sure, but the more that I listened to it, the more I liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do you want to trip yourself out a little bit? Sure. Go listen to the actual version of Odd Future. Okay. It's more techno, mm-hmm. and so it kind of throws me for a loop. Oh. Like I I still don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I I love the OP. Don't get me wrong, but the that full version of the song i'm like i i I don't i don't know how to feel right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah okay i will i'll have to listen to that the first op uh, ed sorry uh throws me off because the first like line or two lines uh, i think it's like yeah the first like couple bars sounds like a real tongue twister to me (laughs) (laughs) like like i'm listening to it and i'm like how did the singer say that (laughs) Oh, don't don't you worry. You want to be thrown for a loop. We got some shows coming up with some anime rap. Okay, coming up very soon. So your your brain's gonna be fried. Just give me at least a couple of weeks. Okay, interesting. Because we got we got Kong Ming coming up in two weeks. Okay, and I'm so excited. Okay, for one, because I want to watch your brain melt over a show that literally came out of fucking nowhere and just stole the show this season. Okay, interesting. But also rap. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm excited for that then. But yeah, overall, that's the first time I think you and I have just sat down and agreed on a rating in a long time. It is. It really is. <laughs> so yeah, solid nines across the board. Is this as far as you've made it in My Hero, or have you seen through season four I have seen well? through season four. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Sick. Yeah. We're going to have to get on the ball with finishing all of this up, because the... Third My Hero film releases August 23rd, mm-hmm. so a couple days after my birthday. Ooh. And we're obviously going to have to cover that then, or recover it, rather, because I covered it the day that I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> in theaters. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to get caught up, because that literally, the last episode of season five, sets up the film. Ooh, okay. So we have, uh, we got to get caught up between now and then, so. Okay. I 
I realize I told the people that I that we would be covering nothing but brand new shit for the summer season, but I lied because my hero is very important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry though, the rest of it will be brand new. Oh, don't don't you worry. I'm still watching so much good shit, although some other shit has actually turned out to be shit. <laughs> oh, okay. But we'll we'll get into that because the rising of the disappointment hero is we're, that's going to be an episode. Okay. That's definitely going to be an episode. Okay. Oh my god. But I- anyway, that everything. That's everything. All right. So, um, you got new things to plug. So go ahead. I do. Yeah. So if you want to find my page on Etsy, then you can go to etsy.com/slash blue lavender crafts, uh, crafts. <laughs> I can speak. Um, and uh, yeah, lavender is spelt the same way. I always spell L-A-V-A-N-D-E-R. Um, yeah, I also have an Instagram page for it as well um, under the same Blue Lavender Crafts. Yeah, my TikTok's still my TikTok, just Blue Lavender. Uh, my regular Instagram is just Blue Lavender. Um, and yeah, that's it. Blue Lavender STM. Oh, it is Blue don't, Lavender don't, STM. Don't forget that. It is Blue Lavender STM, you're right. Uh, because Blue Lavender was taken. Uh <laughs> Also, if y'all are here for chaos, then do go follow the podcast on Twitter at BNB Anime because Blue and I are pretty much just being chaotic evil. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows who's tweeting on the account. And sometimes we both sign off with just the letter B. So it's extra confusing, which is hilarious. Uh, uh, so I literally got asked in the Discord the other day who was B, and I just cackled. <laughs> <laughs> we both are. So yeah, you can follow us there. You can also follow us on BNB Anime on Instagram yep. and also the YouTube. You we but we actually have a URL now, youtube.com slash BNB anime because yes. we're fancy. We are, yeah. Uh, and Brad has stuff as well, so you can go check Brad out on twitch.tv slash Gaming and Instagram under the same handle. Yeah, because I stream sometimes. I've been neglecting that. However, we're finally so we started up a new uh, Minecraft SMP server. Ooh. So with all the mods and shit, so it's a lot of fun. That does sound fun. I love Minecraft. And so I'm, oh, it's great. It's fun. I'm, I'm considering streaming it now that we've got a lot more established and got a lot more stuff going on. Mm. We're doing the all the mod seven pack, and there's so much shit in it, mate. Mm. Like there's dungeons. Like there's a giant like smelting system to where you can you can create like custom pickaxes and axes and swords and shit Fun. like everything is so in-depth it's all incredible and it's actually based off of the newest minecraft update so the 1.18 with all of the like caves and yeah. cliffs and shit mm-hmm. so it's absolutely massive i still don't know how the hell i'm dealing with the fucking cliffs or underground shit because it's absolutely massive the caverns are huge it introduces underground dungeons as well which are absolutely massive and seem to expand for fucking ever so it's there's a lot going on and i'm looking forward to kind of streaming it going forward so yeah you can you can find that on the twitch page go follow it It, you'll get notified i promise just be sure to hit that bell ding yeah yeah. (laughs) and if you want to check out our website you can at www.bnbanime.com on the website we have all of our episodes previously archived so you can download them straight from there as well as links to your favorite listening platform if you feel like downloading on those we also have a bunch of background stuff on the website so be sure to check that out as well and i think that's everything. Yeah, going back to the YouTube thing for a second. We got new content coming between Blues uh bi-weekly <laughs> first and Im- first impressions Friday. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, <laughs> the 
And then we've got Anime Island coming soon. I'm still working with my graphic designer on getting like the video template and everything made yep. up. But once that's done, those episodes will also be releasing bi-weekly as well. So you get one extra video a week from us. Also, these episodes week behind. So go check us out on Spotify and Apple and all that other stuff. Yes. If, you want, if you want to get ahead on your you know podcast listening, just just saying, go go follow us, go subscribe, do do all the plus things. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. get notified whenever we release new shit because we're we're important. We we like doing go this. Plus ultra. Us, yes, exactly. <laughs> go beyond. Go follow us on all the things plus ultra. <laughs> <laughs> do it or all might's gonna be upset yep yeah <laughs> you'll disappoint all might if you don't yeah you don't you don't want all might to frown no no you want all might to always be smiling yeah. you, you will make deku cry oh. if you don't go if you don't go like and subscribe to all the things oh no no we can't say that that's so sad but you know it's true oh anyway that's it from us yeah, that's it. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, Vinland Saga, which was a fan request thing. So we're we're officially doing that to the people that requested that from us. You know who you are. So you'll you'll be getting that next week. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.